This is Barry Zelma speaking for Claim School Incorporated's blog, Zelma on Insurance. Today we're going to talk about why a tardy claim allows judgment for the defendant, especially when the claim is against a state who sets up the ground rules for suing it, and the claim against the state must be filed in accordance with the statute. And if you ignore the statute of limitations, it is wise for counsel to advise his or her errors and omissions insurer. In Angela Erica Comtu versus the California Department of Transportation et al., the California Court of Appeals on November 30, 2023, dealt with a suit by Contu against the California Department of Transportation, Caltrans, and James Hinson for alleged injuries sustained in a motor vehicle incident. Because she failed to file a proper and timely claim, the trial court granted summary judgment to Caltrans and Hinson and Cantu appealed. Angela Cantu and James Hinson, a Caltrans employee, were involved in a motor vehicle collision on State Route 168 in Fresno, California. Two months later, on August 17, 2018, Caltrans received via facsimile a letter from counsel retained by Ms. Cantu. Richard Maynard, an analyst with the California Department of General Services, responded to Cantu's letter of representation dated August 17, 2018, and shortly thereafter informed Cantu's attorneys that he would be handling the file for the state of California. Maynard advised counsel that the state of California has a six-month statute of limitations. If your claim is not resolved within six months from the date of loss, California law requires you to file a formal claim with the government claims program in accordance with California Government Code Section 900 at SEC. Cantu's counsel took no further action until January 8, 2020, over 18 months after the underlying traffic collision. In the meantime, the six-month claim period lapsed on December 19, 2018. Eventually, on January 8, 2020, Cantu's counsel filed a government claim form along with a $25 filing fee and an application to file a late claim. Thereafter, Cantu filed a complaint in the Fresno County Superior Court. Caltrans and James Hinson filed a motion for summary judgment on grounds that Cantu had failed to file an appropriate claim under the Government Claims Act, a mandatory prerequisite to filing a lawsuit. Judgment was subsequently entered in favor of Caltrans and James Hinson, and Cantu appealed. The Court of Appeal concluded that the trial court properly granted summary judgment based on Contu's failure to comply with the Government Claims Act. Since the trial court found Cantu had not complied with the claim presentation requirements of the Government Claims Act, and since Plaintiff's Counsel's letter did not touch on many of the required elements of a claim as specified in the Government 
Code Section 910, there was no substantial compliance or compliance at all. Cantu's claims were found to be barred under the Government Claims Act by the Court of Appeal because that act requires a plaintiff seeking money damages against public entities and public employees acting within the scope of their employment to file an initial claim with the relevant public entity. While Cantu's August 17, 2018 letter references a motor vehicle accident, it did not describe the circumstances of the accident nor any alleged injuries. More importantly, the letter does not specify the type of resolution contemplated by Cantu or whether a lawsuit was anticipated. Accordingly, the August 17, 2018 letter did not substantially comply with the Government Claims Act. The August 17, 2018 letter sent to Caltrans on behalf of Cantu was signed by a paralegal at the law firm. There is nothing in the subject letter that makes it readily discernible that the appellant was making a compensable claim against the relevant government agency, or that the failure to satisfy it would result in litigation, nor an explanation why there was no response to the Caltrans letter advising of the limitations periods. Therefore, Cantu's letter of August 17, 2018 was not a claim as presented, did not trigger the notice or waiver provisions of the government code, and simply did not comply with any reason to avoid the application of the statute of limitations. Since the Court of Appeals was unable to find an error in the trial court's analysis, it affirmed that decision, and that was the end of the case. In my opinion, Statutes of limitation are designed to prevent stale claims. Government codes that allow you to sue the government require full compliance with the code since they are immune from suit but for allowing you to sue by creating the statutes that are the Government Claim Act. The paralegal's initial letter was sufficiently prompt and the law firm was advised by the state of the need to comply with the statute. Rather, counsel did nothing for more than two years, ignoring the statute of limitations. The decision of the trial court was easy and obvious. Ms. Cantu, however, is not without a remedy for her injuries. She can sue her lawyer to recover the damages she could have recovered if his sloth and inadequate response had not occurred. This video is adapted from my blog, Zalma on Insurance, which is available free to anyone who clicks on the URL zalma.com blog. You can also subscribe to the blog and you will be advised of every blog posting, usually five or six a week, and you will also gain access to the more than 4,650 blog postings. You can also subscribe to the videos on YouTube and Rumble.com. And if you do, I'd appreciate if you would click on the like button on YouTube or the thumbs up button on Rumble.com. And 
Please tell your friends and colleagues about this blog and the videos and let them subscribe to the blog and videos. They're all free. But if you want further detailed information about insurance, insurance law, insurance claims, insurance fraud, please uh, consider for a very small fee subscribing to my Substack publication. Thank you for your attention.